Hey guys, Justin here. Very excited for the podcast today. We have Karen Phillips from Via Nutrition in Westfield, New Jersey. I met Karen a few years ago when Via Nutrition was just a thought and she was just getting into starting her business. Now we're about six, seven years later where she has a fully functioning and thriving business in Westfield. She is a expert in nutrition and we get into so many buzzwords and topics that I think you will all find a ton of value on. Things from intermittent fasting to ketogenic diet to counting macros to vitamins and supplements. She may even save you some money from buying supplements that might not be worth it. So go ahead and tune in, check us out, and let us know what you think. This is the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast, aimed at helping you live an active and healthy life in and around Somerset and Union County, New Jersey. This podcast is brought to you by Strive to Move, located in Warren and Berkeley Heights. Strive to Move helps active adults in New Jersey get back to doing what they love pain-free. We are live here with Karen Phillips from Via Nutrition in Westfield, New Jersey, and Karen, how are you today? Hi, Justin. How are you? I'm great. So we met seven or eight years ago yeah. before you actually had officially opened your brick and mortar business via nutrition. And mm-hmm. so circling back to do this interview is pretty fun to see yeah. where you've come and how, how far it's come. Um, I was doing some research today on your website and your bio, which I didn't even know. So I think how you got into the space mm-hmm. you're in now with nutrition and holistic health is a really interesting story and probably will resonate with a lot of people out there. So why don't you tell us, you know, from start to finish, you know, you're a professional and then stay at home mom and then uh, coming back. So how did you get to where you are today? Yeah. So um, thank you for having me here, by the way. Um, my story is a li- probably not unlike a lot of people's story in that working hard in your career, you're putting in your long hours in your 20s and 30s, and you're definitely, the last thing in your mind is taking care of yourself because you're just getting the job done. You're getting the job done and you're staying on top of your game, so to speak. So I let a lot of my self-care uh, go by the wayside, had children, that was massive undertaking because I was still working full-time and doing that and burning the candle at both ends. So fast forward to my let my fitness go by the wayside. My nutrition was, you know, pretty good. I've always been interested in nutrition, but grabbing lunches at Panera, grabbing wherever kids' food you're grabbing here and there, eating on the run, traveling a lot for business. Everybody knows what airport food is, so you know you're just grabbing the best you can get. Uh, But I wasn't healthy. I didn't feel good. It was like folding my clothes on the floor and getting like leg cramps. So when I stood up, I could feel just my muscles just didn't feel strong. And I didn't feel like my tissues were healthy. I'm very in tune with my body. But that was something that was bothering me. So I began a fitness journey and working with the trainer a couple times a week and then doing yoga and then doing Pilates. And I began just really moving my body. And of course, nutrition becomes much more paramount when you're moving your body appropriately and fueling for for training. So from there, I discovered massive changes in how I felt, how I looked, my skin. I used to get sinus infections. I used to get cystic acne during my period. Um, 
definitely had issues with like uh, regularity during like pregnancy and all of this literally went away. It wasn't a magic wand, it wasn't overnight, it was a journey and when I began to see how impactful nutrition was for just everyday healthy happy living, um, I decided to get go back and get certifications and work with others because I knew everybody I talked to was going through something. Everybody has their own thing. And how, this was how long ago? That was, oh my gosh, like 2010. Okay. Because so I mean, nine years ago. You know, we look now, we just talked about we both love the podcasts. And mm-hmm. I think guys like, you know, Chris Kress or Joe Rogan, a lot of people yeah. in this functional medicine mm-hmm. world, it's become, I think they're at the Mayo Clinic now, but 2010, almost tw- uh, 10 years ago, not so much, right? right. Like, so oh, yeah. how did you come across that, like, you know, if I didn't know any better, I would say my stomach hurts or I have ac- if I have acne, I go to a dermatologist. If my stomach hurts, I go to the GI person. If right. I have this, how did you come to the conclusion that, hey, maybe it's not a quote-unquote medical issue and it is more of a lifestyle nutrition thing? Well, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think I've always been very in tune with my body. Not everybody is very in tune with their body because a lot of people look outward for answers before they look inward, which is always such an interesting thing. Um, But I read a lot, and that's my thing. That's what I do. And I uncovered this stuff for myself, finding different people, different podcasts, different books. Um, But what works for someone else isn't necessarily going to work for me. It's interesting when you open your path you begin to see everything clearly when, when you begin to take the other information in and then you apply it to yourself. So how did I know to do it? It was more intuitive. Yeah. It, it really is an intuitive thing. And I urge everyone you know, who has any kind of situation going on to first look at their lifestyle and their stress levels and the times of day they're eating, how they're eating. Do they eat standing up? Do they eat having a meal with family? All of these things come into play from a a holistic approach as to how you're processing in your body. I mean, there's so many different ways of treating something, not always a medical way. Was there ever a moment when you started your journey, like an aha moment where you're like, holy crap, this stuff works? Did you have like a moment you're like, wow, I have less acne or my more regular? Is there something where you're like, wow, this is it? Yeah, so I definitely noticed, for example, my skin. So my, for me, anything going on in my body manifests in skin, whether it's itchy skin or um, acne skin or um, I'm trying to think of other situations. Maybe it's, um, anyway, it, it does uh, manifest in that way. So for me, I became in tune with that and noticing that my gut health had definitely had an impact on my skin i.e. probiotics, i.e. fermented foods, things like that that you're eating, Um, how you're eating your foods, which ones you're combining. And I don't get caught up in like orders of foods and how you're combining and so forth because that's a lot. Sure. But I think once you pay attention to what quality and types of food you're putting in, you'll you'll feel it because you're going to know. And so that was an aha moment for me. It wasn't overnight, but I was like, hey, you know, I noticed XYZ isn't happening anymore. Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing. And did you, for you, find that it was a dairy thing, a gluten thing, or was it just an overall lifestyle factor? Uh, yeah, for me, I don't have any food allergies, so thank God for that. But I, um, no, I just noticed feeling 
other foods. Like I'm not a sugar person. I'm not one that can process that. So for me, if I have that, I notice immediately that I'm reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I can have other foods that don't bother me. But again, I go back to everyone's different and moderation is king. Yeah. I mean, that's just... You think that the moderation is the key factor? I think it's the key factor, but I think that being said, many people can't have dairy. Many people do better, especially as we get older, huge as far as digestion and eating enzymatic activity to um, properly process the foods that you're eating. Uh, So, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be for everybody. Or Same thing for gluten. It's interesting you talked about the stress because... Uh, most likely people that find what we do in our practice, most people are very active and you know what we do here and they're very, fitness is very important to them or people that find you that their health is very important to them. A lot of times those people, most of the time are very, very type A, Mm -hmm. high stress people. And it's, and it's a very interesting conversation when the thing that makes them so successful or the thing that gets them to see us and so motivated to make a change is also the negative and that they are so high strung and it's hard to change that. Have you seen that a lot with people that you work sure, with? Sure, sure. And myself included. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm always on in terms of ideas and, you know, things I have to do. And so I can relate to that way of thinking. Yeah. I do see it all the time. I mean, I work with uh, a couple clients of mine right now are physicians. One's the nurse in her office and one's an OBGYN. She doesn't have time to eat. She doesn't have time. She's on the fly. She's on call. So we were trying to work out eating and she's constantly stressed and she knows better. She knows. But we're trying to work it out. So I think even when you know what to do, it's still a process and you still have to lay out a plan for yourself. But stress is huge. I think, Absolutely. I think especially in our area, um, stereotyping a little bit, the people that are very successful a lot of times needed that type A personality to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, but the problem is on the back end of that, it almost has a negative effect. And yeah. there's got to be some, like you found, you said balance. But yeah. you know, especially where your, your office is in Westfield, people, they're getting up at 6 in the morning, they're hopping on a train, they're going, you know, trading on Wall Street, and they're back at 9 o'clock at night, and they wake up and do it again the next day. It, it's, yeah. Exactly. I have several clients like that and it's brutal. And I listen to his schedule, for example, and we try to work it out and we can, we can work out strategies. There are ways to get things delivered and there's ways to get things, but you have to plan. Sure. And then the minute you plan and you feel in control, it releases. It's like someone pops the little balloon of stress yes. and you begin to be able to process it and handle how to deal with it. And then everything becomes a little more manageable. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your ideal client. You know, who do you most likely work with? Who do you, you know, who have you helped the most, the type of person? I would say, okay, for two, two different answers. My ideal client is someone who is going to show up, who's committed to doing the work, who's showing up each week for their appointment and is organizing themselves to allow space for that in their life so that they can become successful with it. Because obviously, if you're signing up for something, you want to succeed with it. That's my ideal client. The people I have the most success with are the people that do exactly that. They carve a little space. They come with their notebook. They treat this hour as an important time in their day. And Mm -hmm. we keep it the same day and time so that they can schedule around it, so to speak. And um, 
We have a portal where we monitor their nutrition so I can see what they're eating as they're going through their day. Um, I they can If they make a mistake, so to speak, and they go off track, they get right back on. If there's no defeatist attitude, like, oh, God, I screwed this up, and now I've ruined the whole program, we just get right back on. So that kind of mental readiness is my ideal client. Okay. And we're going to go a little out of order because I almost put the cart before the horse. Yeah. Your business via nutrition. What exactly – tell us about it. What is it? What do you guys do specifically <clears throat> there? Okay, so we are uh, in Westfield, as you mentioned. We're um, on Elmer Street. We work with clients privately in programs, uh, one-on-one. We see clients in uh, 30-day increments or 90-day increments. I have a lot of people who repeat and do back-to-back. And then for all previous clients, they can do check-in sessions whenever they'd like. Uh, But what we do is we monitor nutrition. We break everything down. So before anybody comes in to start a program, they complete a pretty comprehensive intake form. We go through that together. I ask them to bring the supplements they're taking. I ask them to do a food log as to what they're eating. That food log isn't just them writing down what they're eating. It's how they feel, their satiety, uh, their sleep, their water and fluid intake during the day. Um, how they're feeling, so like their hunger quotient, because you could eat a wonderful breakfast, but if you're hungry at 11, I want to know that. Um, this, all this information we take in and we process, and then we progress in the program accordingly and tweak as we go. Uh, depending on the client, I don't really base it on calories per se, depending on what their goal is. I'd rather get the... Um, the broad spectrum approach to what they're eating on board first. Yep. And then it becomes a natural thing because my, our goal and philosophy is not to give you a meal plan where you walk out and go, great, I'm going to eat every single thing on this meal plan. But then you go out for drinks with your friends and then all bets are off because you don't know how to eat at the restaurant. Yep. So I would rather teach you how to eat than what to eat. Gotcha. All right. So the next section is going to be the questions that people ask me that I try to give them good answers mm-hmm. to <laughs> that I sort of know yeah. half truths. and. But I think one of the bigger issues, Hannah and I were speaking about that yesterday, um, I'm in the profession. I'm in healthcare, And I still am so confused mm-hmm. about nutrition. So my first question to you is how do you even know if you need supplements? Well, you really can't tell unless you do testing. So what I always tell people when they're coming in is, you know, you can do your basic four. So that would be what are supplements, their insurance policies that you're getting nutrients that you may not be getting from the foods you're eating. Ideally, we get all our nutrients from the foods we're eating, meaning all your micronutrients, your fish oil, we all do well with omega-3 and 6, but that has to be balanced appropriately. If you're eating things like salmon and walnuts and flaxseed maybe you don't need a fish oil supplement maybe you're good but if you are suffering from a lot of joint pain or you're having problems with blood pressure or something like that that might be something so going back um you really don't know unless you test and you see that you're vitamin d deficient for example then you might want to supplement with d3 and a different strength depending on how deficient you are Um, I do look at blood work for people. I'm not a doctor, but I know the baselines of where we're supposed to start. And um, 
we look at that and see, is CRP high? Is there inflammation going on in the body? Things like that so we can kind of move forward. But I'm not interested in pushing supplements on people if they don't need it. If you told me you were in tons of pain and and you were wanting, we'd remove inflammatory foods, we might remove nightshades, we might do something with fish oil, we might do something with some D3 supplementation. But I wouldn't go crazy. And or turmeric, we do something with curcumin and things like that. How do you feel? I mean, we get a lot of people. Yeah, I take a multivitamin every day. Mm-hmm. You think that that's? It depends on which one. So if you're going to Costco and you're getting the gigantic container, that was um, my next question. Branding. Brands. Branding. Yeah. So you want them to be GMP certified. You want them to be third party tested. If what is sorry? What is GMP certified? So mean? they're they're getting um, they're going through a very stringent test because the supplements aren't regulated by the FDA. Right. They don't have any stringent testing, and so this is at least certified and it's gone through a process of certification stating that it's been through this type of testing. Um, Now everybody's in the supplement business. Anybody can make a supplement and sell it on Amazon and a lot of people do. So I always caution, get a good brand. There's brands like Thorne, there's brands like Metagenics, Pure Encapsulations, um, Qualia. There's all different things that you could get that would be helpful. Um, is there something on the label that if someone went to Costco or went to that they would say, nope, not good, and yeah, that's okay, or not really? Um, I'd have to look at the bottle and see. I would say if it's GMP certified, it'll say on it. Okay. Um, those are typically sold in physicians' offices or online, something like that. Yep. Um, definitely gummies. I mean, I know everybody's into gummies. Yeah, they're easy. They taste good. They travel well. I yeah. mean, you kind of feel like you're not doing anything. I would just like save the money, go out yeah. to dinner. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's not... Some companies do make, like Metagenics, they do make a gummy. They do. And I actually have them for the kids mm-hmm. um, because those were the ones that I found to be a l- higher quality, right. uh, especially when kids aren't doing. My, my son alone, he didn't swallow pills till he was 15, maybe yep. 16. I was like, you can't go to college and not swallow a pill. But a lot, you know, this happens. So yes, they do and they make a good one. Okay, yeah. So it's not it's not specifically the gummies that are bad. It's the brand that we see in the store of gummies that are bad. Yeah, there's fillers. You got to pay attention to what else is in there and how are they sourcing what they're putting in. So as a general rule, because it's hard to give a fact, one statement, if you're if you're getting a supplement, you want to know if it's going to be worth it to you. Probably not off the shelf at your generally speaking, because the brands that generally you'll trust are ones you can only get either at a physician's office or someone that is, you know, not not at the shop right or the Costco. Right. And stay away from the big box stores. Um, there's definitely a lot of uh, if you stick to the ones that are generally sold by physicians offices, those are generally GMP certified. Good the ingredients are good quality. And, you know, by and large, a lot of them have to be gluten free and the fillers and lactose free. And that's where you're going to find that. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So that was that was very, very helpful because I know it's almost like it's one thing to be taking supplements that aren't doing anything. It's another thing to be wasting money taking supplements that aren't doing anything. And a lot yeah. of people, and the problem is a lot of people do it. Mo- everyone does it because they think they're doing a good thing for themselves. And it's yeah. it's almost a shame that you have to be like, I appreciate the effort, but 
You're probably better off not doing anything. Right. Unless you get good quality basic fours like a vitamin C where you're going to have it a couple times during the day, especially people who are taking collagen, for example. Collagen's huge right now. Everybody's trying to put it in every drink and product. Well, that's great. But if you don't have vitamin C as a cofactor for that, you're not doing much. Which no one knows. Right. So you have to really research what you're putting into your body before you sign on to, you know, Taking something. Yeah. Gotcha. I used to, when I was a kid, that was on the Flintstone vitamins. Or anything. I used <laughs> right. to take those. They tasted good. They did taste good. Yeah. And you'd always go for the purple ones, That's right? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So another frequently asked question, counting macros. That's a big thing. What do you yeah. think about that? Well, it depends on the client. So, for example, um, if I'm really working with somebody on body composition and we're getting down to the wire with certain things, absolutely. Yeah. I also do it. Uh, halfway through my 90-day programs because it helps to educate someone when they see what they're putting into the portal and they can understand the numbers because previously they were always looking at calories. For example, Skittles could have 300 calories, so can carrots, so can quinoa. All different qualities of food, very different reactions in the body. But if you're just looking at calories, you're not going to maybe get the results that you want, right? Yes. With the 300 calories of Skittles. So I do teach that down the line. It's yep. a little complex at first. Um, definitely effective for body composition. Yeah. Yeah. So, and just to clarify, mac counting macros, protein, fat, and carbs, basically mm -hmm. every food essentially mm -hmm. has some profile of the three or lack of. Exactly. And, um, and so for people from a body comp standpoint, if they want to, you know, essentially lose weight or gain weight, keeping track of that would be helpful. Keeping right? track of that because I'm sure everybody at some point has heard of the ketogenic diet. That was. Is that next? Okay, so that's huge for, for the mac in the macro department because everybody sees this and they want this because they heard that Joe Smith got great results. Lost 50 pounds doing keto. Doing keto and fantastic and wonderful. And that's great for Joe. But. It doesn't work for everybody because getting into ketosis is a very, very specific thing. Thank you. Okay. Um, what I found with people that are in doing ketosis is they're actually just doing Atkins diet. It's right. low carb. And again, for most people, it's not bad. Mm -hmm. But I always have to tell them, listen, you're doing good. You're listening. Do what you're doing. But I just want you to know you're actually not doing a ketosis. <laughs> like if we're having... If you're generally speaking, if you're having chicken breast mm -hmm. like multiple times a day, you right. can't be in ketosis. Right. Explain. Can you explain why that's the case? So you for you to have um, to get into ketosis, your your levels of fat have to be very, very high. Your carbohydrates have to be very, very low, sometimes as low as five percent. Yes. And to keep that at five percent is extremely difficult yes. to the point where you would be suffering from a little brain fog, a little just being out of it, feeling lethargic. You would have to get over that hump. That doesn't mean it can't be done, but it means that you have to be doing it very specifically, if, whether you're doing um, nutritional ketosis or therapeutic. Some people use it for treating sure. treatments. So I would urge you to be doing it with a nutritionist or a doctor. This is not something for the average person trying to lose weight to utilize. It's something that you would want to take because you have to stay in that for a particular period of time. And even protein too, right? Like and protein, protein will throw that off. So like that's why the example of a chicken breast has very high in protein. It'll block. 
right. the uh, actual uh, ability to get into ketosis. And I think where people are surprised often is they'll ask, oh, is, is it healthy? You're like, is it, well, the chicken breast is healthy, mm-hmm. which is different than you wanting to go into ketosis. Right. It can be healthy to get into ketosis, but they're not the same thing. Right. You can eat low carb, and that could be healthy. You could be in ketosis, and that might be healthy, but they're not they the same They don't go together. Right. And that's, I think, a very complex concept to explain to the average person picking up a magazine in the dentist office. So I would urge everybody, forget it, go low carb. If you're looking to lose weight, go low carb. Go high protein. Um, have that. Limit your... Um, like your vegetables are going to be carbohydrates, but have them, yes. you know, have them. Because I've, I'll tell you the one thing going a little off track, but on point yeah. to what we're discussing is when I look at everybody's portal, everybody's chart that they do, the number one thing that's missing from everybody, regardless of their goal, is vegetables. Mm-hmm. Everybody is missing a qual- you know, a large quantity of vegetables. Um, doesn't mean they don't like them. I just notice when I look through it. What would your suggestion be as far as if in an ideal world, if you were coaching me right now, how three three meals a day of vegetables or one meal a day, what would be ideal? Well, I'd like to see them incorporated at every meal. So mm-hmm. if you're having breakfast, and when I say vegetables, I also mean like it, for breakfast, it could be berries and fruit. Mm-hmm. You could be having a green smoothie. If you're having your hard-boiled eggs, you could be having an avocado. Just, just getting some fibrous, healthy nutrients in. Um, but I'd like to see it at each meal mm-hmm. and even at a snack. I mean, I always tell people that if you're having a snack, make it varied so you feel like you're having a lot. Yes. Uh, i.e. if you're if you're doing dairy you're doing maybe a piece of string cheese some cashews some uh, berries something where you're rounding it out um, you could have arugula for breakfast with your scrambled eggs right. you know have spinach in there the, sneak them in throughout the day and really when it comes down to it when you try to break down six to nine mm-hmm. a day um, it's not that much. Yes. It's literally a half a cup. And when you do that for each vegetable, it's okay. It's, it's, it's not that hard to do. Um, one more on the FAQ, intermittent fasting. Mm. I love intermittent fasting. I love it, flexible intermittent fasting. Tell me about what, tell me what intermittent fasting is and what flexible. Okay. Is. So again, this is something where it's become a buzz word, a diet buzzword, everybody's talking about it, people are having great success with it. And it means that you're basically having food in an eight hour window of your day. Ideally, uh, your first meal of your day may be 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and then your last meal would be done at like seven, maybe, little flexibility. Exercising in a fasted state can do wonders for losing weight because you're burning your stores. You're not putting anything into your system and therefore you're burning whatever fat stores you may have. Um, Anything will break a fast besides black coffee and tea. Black coffee, not cream, black coffee. (laughs) Um, Tea. Uh, No honey, just tea. So that's not for everybody. Some people love breakfast. Some people can't start their day without breakfast. Some people can't exercise without breakfast. Intermittent fasting may not be right for those people. Right. So again, it comes down to the individual. Um, if you find that you can do that, it can really have a tremendous effect on weight loss. And it's something that you could even get over a hump with. I mean, sure. sometimes you might find like, oh, I really can't do it. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I can do this. It's easy. And it's, I'm having great success with it. 
That's no, I, I think all of those are again, like you said, in magazines that you would see at the dentist's office and we get the questions. I get it all the time about what do you think of this? And mm-hmm. to me, your answer is similar to mine and it always depends mm-hmm. on the person. And I think that's where my opinion, like Rob Wolf, a lot of his new stuff has gone mm-hmm. towards, he used to be the paleo guy and now he's like the personalized nutrition guy, mm-hmm. which really gives credence to a service like yours to make it individual where, you know, you're not, everyone that comes to your practice is not going to be doing ketosis and they're not going to be doing Atkins and they may not be doing macros. They're, they're Hopefully they're going to be doing what's best for them. Right. So... And sometimes that's starting at square one. Sometimes that is literally getting the digestion and elimination process going. Right. I mean, I sometimes have clients that come in and don't go to the bathroom for five days. So me telling... So that's not normal? Yeah. (laughs) So when I'm starting with someone like that, I'm not starting with macros. You know, it's a different level of playing field. Gotcha. Um, One more topic that I want to get into specifically in your case uh, how old are your kids now 22 and 20 perfect so i want to get into kids mm-hmm. right because obviously you're in the business mm-hmm. but you also have kids so you know the reality yeah so for a parent there who hears this that may my kid doesn't eat anything but pizza or like i can't get him to take something like can't get him to do anything where did you what did you have you done with your kids like well what would your suggestion be yeah it's a tough one so I wish I could um, say that my kids are perfect and they do everything like I want them to, but I have one uh, uh, that's 22. She's realized the impact of how food makes her feel. My 20-year-old is also realizing that now, but it didn't come overnight and it wasn't always the case. I don't bring the foods in the house that all the kids love, i.e., you know, Cheez-Its and this and that and all. Um... That's what 7-Eleven is for. And I say that if you're going to go with your friends and ride your bike or do whatever, you don't have to buy it and bring it in the house. I have a lot of people come to see me to try to get their kids. And they're like, oh, I usually buy 11 snacks. And we go through what the 11 snacks might be. And I'm like, well, why 11? And why are you bringing them into the house? So I get it. You know, you need to, to treat them once in a while. And I think it's, again, it comes down to balance and so that it feels like a treat, not a part of their diet, Mm -hmm. um, which is everything. Because once they leave, they're going to eat what they want anyway. Well, that's the next question, because obviously in a perfect world, we would eat, every kid would eat perfectly clean and da, da, da. Obviously, the downside is that they go off the deep end, right? And so you restrict them so much that they feel like when they get out away from mom and dad that they're going to lose their mind, essentially. Right. And so like you said, what's the, I guess it's a balance, right? I think the balance is, you know, certainly teaching your kids when they're young, okay? Having those foods around the house when they're little so they begin to know that this is just part of the deal. We have carrots for a snack, uh, berries or dessert. It's, it doesn't have to be a caramel turtle sundae for dessert. I, I know a lot of people were raised where dessert was a big dessert thing, but they're great for holidays, they're great for treats, they're great for birthdays. It's it's not really part of the everyday diet in my world. And so... I was going to ask you, because it brought up an interesting question, um, as far as, what do you think about like dessert for rewards and punishment for kids? That's an interesting concept, because I think it happened to me, like whatever, but most people, right? If you're bad today, you're not going to get dessert, or... If you're good, you're going to reward them with dessert. Should food even be that? 
you know, I'm sure many a eating disorder was started from some sort of permutation of that. Yeah. So I can't say it's a hundred percent, but is it better than, uh, you know, screen time using that? I mean, I just actually overheard that conversation. Uh, I, I was away, and someone said, "That's it. No more screen time." You know, is that better, worse? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a parent. Sometimes you have to have a little leverage, sure. and you know, if their favorite thing is uh, popcorn before they go to bed, then use yeah, it. I use suppose. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it because it's uh, obviously it's when the kid's crying and screaming, sometimes they'll do anything you can, right? Right, right. Uh, as far as reward, I mean, you know, I I think that it's better to teach the basic healthy habits at home and use it as a treat or when you go out or vacation. It's appreciated more, just like anything, sure. um, whether it's, you know, clothing, toys, food, kind of all comes down to the same thing. Excellent. So... To wrap up, why don't you, Karen, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, someone that wants to get in touch with you that thinks that they need some help with nutrition. Um, what's the best way for them to either learn more information or the best way to get in contact with you or where to, to follow you to, to learn a little bit more so that they can possibly reach out? Yeah, thanks. Um, on social media, I'm on um, Instagram at Via Nutrition, Twitter at Via Nutrition, Facebook at Via Nutrition. My website is vianutritionandhealth.com. There is a drop down where you can complete a health questionnaire and schedule a complimentary 15 minute phone call. What we do is we look at the questionnaire prior to the call so we can really dig deep and go into the conversation. Uh, and get the most out of the time together. And at that point, uh, one can decide, do they want to do a 90-day program, a 30-day program? Are they really good and just need a one-off? I have um, a uh, nutrition checkup that I do with people for an hour and a half where they bring me. But this is a person who's down the line with their nutrition. Um, So you can do it all from my website and schedule right from my website as well. Perfect. So um, if you're out there, and if I'm hearing, Karen, you correctly, someone that may think they need some help in the nutrition category, whether it's to get over that last hump Mm -hmm. or it's to start the process or if they have some even, you know, stomach or digestive or skin issues that, you know, I know people, they've been on creams and the dermatologist and their acne keeps coming back or the Mm -hmm. GI issues. Um, It seems logical, but not a lot of people would do it, that nutrition might be a place for them to at least explore. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I can't say that and underscore it enough that you really begin to, and it's, to be honest with you, I think it's the easiest thing to do. It really is the way that you can make the most impact by doing an elimination diet. And that sounds scarier than it really is. Um, But that'll tell you a lot. And then you begin to tweak from there. And that's how you build. I think your business and your practice is similar to ours, where I often say, you know, if you do this and it doesn't work, what's the downside? And, right. you know, for me, if it's if we teach people to move better and get them stronger and teach them more about their body and they don't get what they're looking for, mm-hmm. like out of back pain, I still know that I did something proper and well, 
you know, for them. And I would assume in your position too, like someone has a GI problem and they come in and you teach them more about how to eat and what foods might be good and different solutions. Even if it didn't work, what's the worst that happened? You still got them on the right track. Got them on the right track, exposed them uh, to a lot of different foods that they didn't think they could have. For example, someone loves uh, watermelon and they've got SIBO and they just, you know, don't want to give it up. But there's other things that they can have and they don't realize what that is. Mm-hmm. We go through all of that. Um, someone who loves chips but can't have gluten or corn, we find the chips that are appropriate for them to have that still make them feel like they're part of the chip community. And <laughs> which you know, is important because when you go through life, it's supposed to be pleasurable. And so is eating. Eating just in general should be pleasurable with family and friends. Awesome. I think that's a great place to wrap up. Karen, I really appreciate you coming on. It was very informative for me, Hannah, informative for you. You were looking forward to this one. (laughs) Cool. So Karen, thank you so much. A pleasure. A pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast brought to you by Strive to Move. If your pain or injury is preventing you from living the healthy and active lifestyle you love and deserve and want to get back to doing what you love pain-free, we offer both a free ebook and free over-the-phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the best next steps to help resolve it. Find our ebooks online at strivetomove.com slash ourservices. There you'll find an ebook for topics on such things as back pain, knee pain, sports injuries, and CrossFit injuries. These ebooks will provide you with free expert advice, tips, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit strivetomove.com slash our services to download your ebook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no obligation phone consults with a doctor on staff to New Jersey residents. Just call us at 908-547-0729 or visit us at strivetomove.com and click the Talk to the Doctor First button on the homepage to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast.